Welcome to PESPOD. It's our third episode. My name's David Poyser. I'm a journalist and today I'm with Isabel Slesher. She's head of the Luxembourg Pairs and they've had a huge success there retraining people for the job market. We all know that the world of work's changing fast, particularly with the advance of digitalization, and the change has been even faster since the pandemic. The jobs that today's school children will be doing in 30 years may not even exist today. Everyone everywhere is calling for digital reskilling, but when you ask employers exactly what digital skills they'll need in the future, well, then they become vague, don't they? So, first of all, Isabel, as I understand it, you've managed to get pizza uh, delivery people uh, they've retrained as IT experts can you tell me how you've done this tell me a little for the PESPOD listeners thank you <laughs> yes David uh, with great pleasure yes indeed the reskilling topic is an important topic uh, f- for us I think for all the countries because uh, we know that jobs are changing we know that people need to get a new skills to to still be present uh, on on the labor market. And so we launched uh, different programs. And um, one of these programs uh, was about uh, coding. So we called that uh, uh, Fit for Coding. And there we uh, we selected uh, people from uh, with various uh, profiles. So no uh, IT people at the at at the beginning, and uh, during a, a three month a very intensive uh, training course, uh, they were trained to um, to be uh, junior developers. And there we had indeed one of the participants had uh, used to be a pizza delivery boy <laughs> and uh, he did very well in the training and and now he he has a job as a in in the development department of uh, of a company here in Luxembourg yes did he provide pizzas during the training i cannot tell you david <laughs> i don't think so really <laughs> Okay, and one of the clever things you've done is you've looked at the long term, haven't you? That's part of the scheme. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, for us, it's very important uh, to better understand what would be the skills that will be needed in in the future. So um, the, the program is not only about doing uh, providing training courses to the participants, but also working on uh, data sets and together with uh, companies, especially, to uh, understand what will be the jobs uh, that will be there tomorrow and what are the, the skills that you need uh, to get uh, these jobs. So that's a very important, more strategic part uh, of the of this initiative. Yes. So how have you got the companies to say specifically what they want? Mm, that's very difficult. Exactly. <laughs> it's like this is you the mentioned. Thing that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you mentioned, David. That's very complicated because um, even uh, big companies that are well organized, that have very well functioning uh, HR departments, it's difficult for them uh, to really know how the jobs will evolve in the future. And um, so it really needs, I would say, a strong interaction with the companies. Uh, Also, at least this is how we do it. We also provide the companies with um, 
data uh, from studies or analyses that uh, we have done either here in Luxembourg or then uh, that exists on an international level. Uh, so that they can compare perhaps to other companies uh, doing the same activities. We call that really helping uh, companies uh, to do their workforce planning, so really plan for, for the future. Oh, that's brilliant. So you work with the, with the companies on their workforce planning, that's the key. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a program that we just started and it will be um, generalized in a couple of months. And there will really go into the company and uh, together with the, the, the people from the company understand what are the current skills of the, the employees and how the skills needed for the new jobs uh, will also evolve. And then uh, we can train the people skills that will be needed in, in the future. And that's really what we call the prevention of unemployment. Uh, so they will be able to stay in that company. If we do nothing, they will not have the right skills that are needed. And they, there is a big risk that they would uh, lose their job. And then they will come to us as a pass and would start the retraining or the reskilling. And so here, the, the, yeah, the new thing about this whole initiative is really this preventive aspect. That's everybody's dream, preventing unemployment. One thing you've done, isn't it? You've set up a Youth E-Academy. Yes, we also set up Youth E-Academy, which is a very nice uh, term, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> a little bit too big for such a small country. So it's not really an academy. Uh, it's but big. It's, it's really big for Luxembourg. It's very big for Luxembourg, yeah. yes. <laughs> so the idea there is really to provide young unemployed people, and unfortunately, due to the to the current situation uh, on on our labour market, at least we have uh, strong uh, youth unemployment, and so there um, the idea is that we provide um, young unemployed with free access to online uh, training courses that they can they can follow from their homes. They can follow at the time that suits them best. They can choose also which training course they want to follow. And all this is free of charge for them. And it's really about investing in a useful way the time that they are unemployed. And uh, so this is something we launched uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and we have had an, a big return on, on this. In the day after the email, we had already all the, the places uh, that were completed. So, yeah, I think there is a strong motivation with the young people that are looking for opportunities and that want to do things. And the problem is that the labor market for the moment is difficult for young people. And so at least they get new skills, they stay active, which is very important huh, when you are looking for a job. And uh, yeah, that was really the objective of this, this uh, academy. <laughs> well, we've all got a lot to learn. As you said, you may be a small country, but we've got a lot to learn from you. You know, you said you were looking into the future of work. I mean, are there jobs that we will still need? Will we still need, do you think, taxi drivers, waiters, that sort of thing in the future? Yes, I think we will still need waiters and taxi drivers. I think if you look a little bit at the at international studies that have been done, normally the predictions are that it's really the, uh, the jobs in the middle, uh, 
So not unqualified jobs and not very qualified jobs, but really the, the jobs in the middle uh, that are more likely to disappear or at least to be really transformed. And in our country, the labor market has a rather a high percentage of this middle uh, level jobs. So that's perhaps we are so uh, interested in all these topics. Um, I think it's more about really transforming the jobs than really have some jobs that will completely disappear. But they will be so transformed that it's new jobs, really. Yes. Um, but some jobs will stay. A taxi driver, a waiter, to use two examples, they will stay similar to what they are. They won't be transformed out of all recognition. Uh, yeah, you know, even the taxi driver today, it's already a little bit different. And I like this example because uh, taxi drivers, they work today uh, with uh, apps. They use digital tools to get the appointments booked, to do the um, also the accounting. So even the job of the taxi driver has, for example, a digital part. Of course, it's not the same digital skills that the taxi driver will need as somebody else will need. But uh, knowing what is an app, uh, being able to work with a smartphone, be aware of basic secu IT security rules. Uh, it's also important mm. for the taxi driver nowadays. And this is something you can help with, is it? Or is, do you think, what do you think should be taught at school and what do you think it's something you can do? You know, the big difference between schools and a pass is the time frame. <laughs> schools are preparing children to jobs in uh, 20 years. Uh, our mission is to prepare uh, people for jobs that exist currently or then that will exist in, uh, you know, uh, next year. So the, the time frame is much shorter for us. And so to give you perhaps another example, if you look at international studies, very often you will read that accountants will disappear uh, because accounting can be in, in, in big part uh, digitalized, automized, and so accountants will disappear. In our labor market, we have lots and lots of job openings job vacancies for accountants. So we still do training courses for accountants because accountants are needed on our job market. And you see, even in 20 years or perhaps in 15 years, the job of the accountant will be really transformed for the time being. We still have job vacancies, so we still do the training. And I think that's really something that the past has to manage. It's to make the difference between the current situation that we have to take into account. Huh? Because we have people that are now unemployed and that need a new job now, without forgetting uh, to give also the skills that will be needed in the future. And that's something complicated to do. So that's the skill you've really got, isn't it? It's prophesying the future is something no one has ever been able to do, but trying to get it as accurately as you can. That's what it's the strategic planning. We know that there is a demand for an accountant now. We know that there will be a demand for a different sort of accountants. But getting your training right is that's the skill you've got. Is that right? Yes. 
Yes, and that's that's what we that that's our mission. It's what we have to do is to understand uh, the current labor market and the upcoming labor market in a medium-term perspective. The long-term perspective that's I think difficult for us. That's perhaps more for the schools. But what we have to understand is the yes the evolutions of the jobs and prepare uh, job seekers um, uh, to, 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 to have the right skills. And that's also, um, for example, in our what we call the Future Skills Initiative, we insist very much on uh, what we call uh, transversal skills, soft skills, uh, which will be needed in, in all kinds of jobs. Because as we can, cannot predict the future, at least we know that, for example, creativity or uh, the capacity to work in teams, um, these are skills that everybody will need in the future. And so that's why we insist also on these kind of skills. And very often uh, job seekers are not so happy, I must say, with uh, the uh, at the beginning because they think it's lost time. They want to be trained for a job. And there we have to explain that um, uh, if we talk to employers, the situation is very different. They understand very well that this is important. But the job seekers very often have to be, we have to explain why this is important and why it's not lost time if you go to a, to a training course about creativity or about working in teams. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something new for for some job seekers, this kind of yeah, transversal uh, uh, trainings. So the transversal skills, is this something that there's international evidence for? Is it something that has been highlighted particularly by the pandemic? I don't think that this is specific to the pandemic. The pandemic has accelerated uh, existing trends, at least that's what we see. But if you look at uh, surveys that are made with employers um, all over the world, also in, in Europe, of course, you will see that the skills that they are looking for in the future of transversal skills, the ability to learn, the ability to adapt quickly to new situations, the ability to work in teams, problem-solving approaches. Um, these are the skills that the, the, the companies uh, will need in the future. And this is evidence-based, at least out of surveys. Yes. And obviously, everybody has their own approach to employers. And in some countries, there's different traditions and it's very difficult is there any sort of universal advice you can give? You've had a lot of success with employers. Is it because you know about a lot of research or because you're offering training schemes? Why do you think it has been successful in Luxembourg? I mean, in terms of advice for all other PEZs around Europe. Um, I think it's difficult to give an, a general advice because all the countries are different. But I think that in whatever country you are, as a PEZ, you should be listening to employers. The way that you organize this can be can be different. Uh, but for me, if we talk about reskilling, about training, if you don't listen to what the employers say, what they will need, it will not be a success. So uh, for us in Luxembourg, this has always been one of our uh, 
big topics to, to have a close relationship with employers. And this is not possible to have that in every country. But at one time, I think you should listen to what the employers tell you. The problem is that employers will not always talk with one voice. And they will uh, sometimes tell you, uh, one company will tell you the contrary of the other, even if they work in the same sector. And then, yeah, it's up to you to take your decisions. But listening to, to companies, I think it's, it's a very important part of all these reskilling, uh, upskilling programs, yes. And when you talk to the ministry, you've spoken to a lot of companies, you have the training courses... Um, then you talk to the ministry, don't you? And mm -hmm. you need a strategic approach to that. Is that yes. right? Yes, of course, you need a strategic approach. These um, upskilling and reskilling programs need also budgets, of course. They need resources, also resources from the past. Uh, and so, of course, you need to put that in a strategic perspective. It has to uh, to fit to the, the national labour market. Uh, I think it has, like I said, to be done in partnership, some kind of partnerships with uh, employers or employers' federations. Um, it has also to stick to your uh, job seekers that you have, uh, which, uh, you know, um, has, has to, to fit to uh, the national situation. But uh, for me, it's really a strategic um, uh, decision for us to invest in, in reskilling, upskilling programs, because normally these programs are not only uh, addressed to job seekers, which are our natural customers, but also to people that do uh, have a job for the moment. And this is something that you have to reflect on, uh, because it's not the same situation as with job seekers. And uh, that's also the, the, the point in Luxembourg where we still are in discussions with the social partners, with the ministries, of course, to see what is the right level of intervention that a, a public employment service uh, is supposed to make in companies with employees of that company. And uh, there the solutions, I think, will be very different from one country to another. And it has to be discussed, at least in our, in our tradition with the social partners, that everybody agrees on the level of intervention that public employment service will have. And then what intervention can private players do also in, in that sector? And what should be... Uh, financed with public money and what should be financed uh, uh, by the companies themselves. So uh, these are the strategic things that have to be discussed uh, when we talk about reskilling and upskilling. Yes, I think that's a wonderful end. That's, <laughs> I mean, you said, Isabel, that Luxembourg is a small country, but it's got big lessons for the rest of us. Thank you. Thank you, David. <laughs> so, Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Um, so we hope everybody listening can subscribe and recommend PezPod to friends in your own Pez. Next time, I'll be with Renata Haublein and Eric Ofterdal. Renata's from Germany. Eric is from Norway. And they have huge experience about uh, peer review and how experts can help other Pezes. 
So it's not just small countries. It'll be also, uh, we can look about how this experience can apply in large countries like Germany. PESPOD is produced for the PES network by the European Commission with technical support from Icon Institute. The technical producer is Mark Bota. I hope you'll join us next time. Bye.